Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Shrimp Fried Talk Show. I am your host, Fabian Camacho. And on the show today, we have a uh, dear old friend of mine, Jared Laguna. Um, hey, uh, I met not, this guy. Uh, that old, but okay. <laughs> he is, uh, you're turning 22 at the end of this month, aren't you? 21. 21, that's right. Never mind, my bad. I don't know why I saw 22, 21. That's still pretty <laughs> old. Flash drive. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> So oh, I'm sorry, anyway. I interrupted your intro. <laughs> That's okay. I can edit it. But um, so uh, this guy's a good friend of mine. I met him back my freshman year of high school, um, and ever since then he's been kind of, you know, he's he's been a really good friend. Uh, do you want to go ahead and just tell uh, tell a little bit about yourself? Tell a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, as you said, um, we met your freshman year, my junior year. Kind of took you under my wing, I like to say. Um, but yeah, you know, we've just been really good friends over the years. Glad we've, you know, stayed friends even after I left high school and even as you left this wonderful town of 21, Kansas, and you're off to bigger and better things. And yeah, that's just me. Hello. First podcast. Yeah, that being, <laughs> that being said, it did take this guy a while for me to get under his wing. I refused to for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't really like me very much when we first met, understandably, but hey, I just needed to give you a ride home from school every day for that to, for that friendship to blossom. Man. But, um, you know, we're kind of taking it back uh, to the good old day then. Um, one of the things that kind of helped us build our friendship was bonding over uh, in, uh, similar interests, one of those things being movies. Right, right. And so in today's episode, our main point of discussion is movies. Wow. Um, we're just going to talk about um, some movies that we've watched recently or a movie that we really like, and we're just going to kind of talk about what we like about it or maybe a movie that sucks. You know, You know how it goes, just movie episode. Right, right, right. We can talk movies. This is our thing. <laughs> you, uh, would you like to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, why don't you go ahead and start it off? Um, I'm going to go with a movie that I just saw recently. Now, I saw this oh, movie back okay. when it released in theaters. Um, uh, my mom and I went to go see it. But last night I was bored and I decided I was going to watch Logan for the second time. Oh, Nice. And watch Wait, is only your second Logan. time ever watching it? Yeah. Wow. You know, I watched Logan when it came out. I remember how old I was, but uh I knew Too that even though I was young <laughs> I was young enough to know uh, I mean I was old enough to know it was a good movie. Right, right. But now that now that I'm older, I I appreciate it way more than I ever could have as a when when I was younger. So I'm gonna go ahead and just kinda jump into that thing here so last night i went ahead and watched logan and i forgot a good deal of what happens in it and then by the end i had kind of realized what was going to happen and i'm not sure i was quite prepared for that again oh but <laughs> right right uh also spoilers for all the movies we're going to talk about um true 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 we're not we're not gonna we're just we're, we're talking movies here we're not gonna spare any failings here so you know, be warned, I guess. 
But, you know, just rewatching that movie, I wouldn't say it's essentially for the first time because I still remember a lot of the key scenes and whatnot. But like I said, I hadn't seen it and I hadn't seen it since it came out. So I don't I don't really remember much. But not not um, to change the subject, but on the subject of Logan slash X-Men. Have you have you seen the Wolverine yet? The previous movie before Logan? Because I know you had it then, but I'm not sure if you still have it. <laughs> I was looking for it on Dis, uh, Disney right. Plus, and it wasn't there. And I was like, "Damn it's it!" I was gonna there? watch the Wolverine. No, it's not. Wow. I was gonna watch the Wolverine last night, but then I couldn't find it, so I was like, Man. "I'll watch Logan." That sounds good. I think the Wolverine is still a pretty good movie, though. Like, you should definitely give that a watch. And they, there's a there's a sequel, right? A Wolverine, the Wolverine two. No, the Wolverine is the sequel to that great X Men Origins Wolverine movie. <laughs> Got it, of course. <laughs> um, that I've seen. But, Who um, hasn't? Come on, you have to have seen that. <laughs> it's a must see for any uh, movie cin- cinephile. Great film, great film. No, I hadn't seen the Wolverine yet. As much as I still like now that now I really want to watch it and. You know, I think uh, right. I've also just been reinvigorated into uh, uh, to Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. What with him being recasted as Wolverine for Deadpool three. Yeah, yeah, he's coming back. It's got me kind of like that was a big surprise. I gotta rewatch Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but th- I kind of take issue with all of that. But I'll get into that as I talk about Logan. Ooh, controversy. Um. <laughs> So I watched Logan again, and I thought it was, you know, I thought it was way better the second time than the first time because now I actually can pick up on everything. You know, there's some really beautiful shots in that movie. I can't um, quite think of one off the top of my head, but I just remember watching that movie uh, last night and just being like, "Wow, that looks really good." Yeah. <laughs> and then um, the action. I'm really glad that that movie's rated R because they really get to, I mean, the uh, Wolverine doesn't really be, he doesn't start, you know, fighting like Hugh Jackman Wolverine to like the end of the movie when he's all juiced True. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, because it's rated R, they can just go all out. And that was definitely fantastic. Very brutal. Mm-hmm. The actual story itself, I don't remember it being as, as deep. Yeah. It's a great story about a father and daughter. You know, forgot all of that, I guess, <laughs> when watching it the second time. I was just like, I don't know, I remember the story having, like, that much. Like, I, like I remember it being good, but like, I just don't remember it being that deep. But, you know, just right. the, the implications of this, you know, like, what happened to the rest of the of the X-Men? You know, what what do the mutants do? Oh, yeah, this yeah. is like a this, – this builds on that archetype. And it's based off the comic Old Man Logan. But I feel like – um all of this, it kind of builds on this archetype, which I've been noticing lately. Um, and that's like the old hero has to um, raise a kid and they go from old and uh, cold and, you know, whatnot, emotionless. And then they, they start to come, become compassionate towards this child. You know, this, I feel like uh, Logan uh, kind of wrote that as well, well, you know, the comic too, but especially the movie. Because if you notice after the movie, or even before, I guess, you know, we had The Last of Us, which follows oh, yeah. that same kind of thing. We had 
um, the new god of war literally went in that direction. Kratos uh, went from, you know, this guy who at this point he had lost all empathy in his story um, to now, again, he's an old man <laughs> who has to raise a kid. I kind of think, I, find, I find that interesting, you know, uh, same thing with like the Mandalorian and uh, the child, Grogu. Yes. I, I think it's an interesting dynamic. I really like it in the in the Logan movie. And I really like how, I don't know, they kind of just do it in their own way. The kid is also a feisty little critter. She's good in the movie, though, the little girl. Mm-hmm. <sighs> X-23. I mean, yeah, I agree with you in a lot of those points that you made. At that time, the only other like R-rated Marvel movie was probably like Deadpool. Yeah. And because of the success of Deadpool... They were like, all right, let's do Wolverine R-rated and let's make it as adult, I guess, as we possibly can. And they did, man. Like, bunch of themes through those movies. You know, you've got the the father-daughter thing. You've got the... Even the son, the father-son thing with Logan and Charles. Mm-hmm. That's very heartbreaking. You know, Charles dies thinking Logan killed him. That's yeah, that... that's really like, that's really <laughs> sad. I was, yeah, I was watching it and I was just like, oh. Yeah, man, that seems really tough to watch. Even like another point with Charles is like, you see what has happened to the X-Men in this future. And really all that we have left is Logan and Charles and um, that new character that they added. I forget his name. Mm. What was his name? Me too. It starts like a a C or something. I can't, no, I can't remember. Caravan? Is it Caravan? Caravan, something like that, yeah. Caliban? Something like that, it might be. But yeah, something. But something yeah, like, like I remember watching that movie for the first time, and you hear Charles curse, and like it's like, whoa, you've never done that before. You're like a crazy old man, you know, who've lost your yeah. old self. It's really sad. Uh, I guess it's one thing I also appreciate about their R rating is that you know, typically when people think about an R rating, they just imagine the movie is going to be like some immature, a dumb movie. Right. But um, I'm really glad that with movies like Logan and what I wished they would have done with like, um, I want like an R-rated Batman movie. And th- those reasons being, you know, just because they get to highlight um, they're not, you know, the R rating is there just to add more, like, not realism, but just more, I don't want to say depth, I don't know, just more nuance, you know, they, they get to use the R rating, they get to make things look more realistic, or make themes, uh, things crazier, but it's still in character, they get to do, I just, I just feel like with the R rating, you get more freedom, just in general, like, um, it feels more real, I yeah, th- I know what you're, I know what you're trying to say, like, even, uh, like, Venom 2 definitely should have been R rated. Venom too. <laughs> oh man. I mean, yeah, you just have like a, you just have a certain appreciation. Like I remember when um it was announced that Logan was gonna be R rated, a lot of fans were very happy with that. And then because of that, I mean, look at the movie we got. We wouldn't have got the same movie if it was rated PG thirteen. Oh no. <laughs> but um, while we're on the topic of Logan, when it was announced that he was coming back for Deadpool three. Yeah. How did you feel? You know, because for me, a little bit was like, oh, does this kind of like uh, soil the ending that he had for his like return or 
Yeah. Is it just exciting for him to be in a Deadpool movie? See that that's kind of where where I was at. That's what I uh, that's what I was going to get into here in a minute. But yeah, um, okay, yeah. Like what I said earlier about him being back. Uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Um, it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> no, of course. Not. Uh, I mean, it'd be hard to find perfect a casting. The only thing I would have to say against him is that he's too tall. But I don't even care just because he's that good. But um. <laughs> You know, it doesn't get much better than that. And everyone loves Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. He has that same iconic status. Actually, I would say, you know, he had it before Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man. You know, he he was Wolverine. Yeah, I know what you so, mean. You know, we, you, yeah. we, we associate RDJ with Iron Man. But he, he has that same, you know, icon status. You associate this character with this actor. Right, right. I've never thought about that before. But yeah, I, I agree. So, like, you know, he's that, you know, kind of perfect casting. And so... Of course, you know, it'd be hard to get anybody else to be him. But also in Logan, he does, he makes that sacrifice play. He, his, his character dies. You know, Logan was Iron Man dying in Endgame before Iron Man dying in Endgame. (laughs) 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 And, um, and I, I I do, uh, just to get off topic just the tiniest bit. Um, and like, to me, that makes a lot of sense, especially because, um, we both kind of grew up in the early two thousands and, uh, yeah, I don't know if you remember, but like the holy, like, um, Trinity of Marvel characters were Spider-Man, Wolverine and the Incredible Hulk and Hulk. Yeah. You know, those, those were the, there was, those are the big three. And then, you know, like those, the, your top superheroes were Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, the Hulk and Wolverine, you know, th- those were, yeah. you know, the biggest names in you know, comic books at the time. And, you know, Wolverine dying like that, you know, he, I, to me, it also kind of represents the old age of that, you know, appreciation of the character also dying. Because, you know, Iron Man, he was obscure, relatively speaking, until uh, the movie came out. Yeah. And then he reached the icon status. And effectively, you know, him, Cap, Thor, they kind of replaced, you know, that Hulk and Wolverine popularity. Yeah. So I think that's also very interesting. You know, Wolverine dies and, you know, so does Iron Man, two of the biggest faces of, you know, their generation of uh viewers. So right. yeah, Wolverine dying like that, like I said, it was he makes a sacrifice play. He he gets a really bittersweet ending to his character. It's I remember I watched the movie and I was just sitting there like heartbroken because I I remember I knew that he died. I remember that he dies. But I, I wasn't prepared for all the emotions. I was just watching that and I was just like, wow, they... Yeah, man. I think it'll hit you even harder if you do watch The Wolverine. <laughs> because there's a particular scene in that movie that, like, you'll... A line that you'll catch and you'll be like, wow. Okay. Like, okay. It's amazing. Like, I don't know. You've probably <laughs> seen it before, but... You probably know what the I'm talking Wolverine? about. Uh, just in case you don't. Yeah. The line. You've probably seen that that particular line that I'm talking about. I probably haven't. You know, the only lines okay. I can really well, I attribute to Wolverine are his catchphrase, you know, I'm the best at what I do. And what I do ain't very nice. <laughs> yeah, and I won't spoil it for you, but yeah. If you do watch the Wolverine, you'll catch a line in there and it will it will make the that ending to Logan even more um <sighs> it'll hit you a little even more. 
You know what I mean? Damn. Yeah. But like, you know, them <laughs> them killing off Wolverine and him having this ending, it was that, you know, a proper send-off for the character. You know, it's the same way that Iron Man died in Endgame, proper send-off for the character. You killed the character. If you bring this character back, it's not going to have nearly that ending, that sacrifice, that death, the impact that it had will, will just be effectively gone. Right. And that's my biggest, I want to say it's a, it's a, it's a complaint, but it's like the whole point of Logan was for Hugh Jackman to retire as Wolverine. Yeah. At that point, before, when Logan came out, he had been playing Logan for longer than I'd even been alive. Oh yeah. So it was a huge deal. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. That being said though, you know, like I said earlier, he's, he has the icon status as Wolverine and um people wanted him to interact with Ryan Reynolds's you know proper Deadpool and so i was obviously it's really hard to be to not be excited about <laughs> those two interacting on screen i remember when i heard the announcement i didn't believe it at first but then i you know i actually looked into it and i was like oh this is a real thing and that's kind of when i had that little you know thing in my head like oh he died for nothing but also that movie you know it can have its own I don't know, it's kind of weird too, because it's also like it's the multiverse. Right. So like that's not it's not to say that this Wolverine that Wolverine, you know, died for nothing, but I don't know, I, I just think that it is a little strange that You know, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean I I, I know it's gonna be good. It it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Yeah, you know you've got Ryan Reynolds writing it. Along with like that whole team behind it, and you know, I don't think Hugh Jackman would have done it if he didn't see a good reason or a good point to do it. You know, he probably had the same concerns we did. I feel like a good thing that might have pulled him over too is you know Disney got that, you know, that Disney paycheck. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. Yeah, that that could have been a big well, with the with the success of No Way Home. You know, you have. Toby and Andrew coming back, he's probably like, yeah, well, why not? Maybe I can come back too, you know? Yeah. I can't, uh, I don't really got much about, you know, Logan other than, you know, those little key points. And um, the CGI on young Hugh Jackman in that movie is pretty good. Um, yeah, I remember it being really good when solid. I watched it for the first time. But, you know, watching it now, I was looking, I was like, wow, they, they just brought back uh, young Hugh Jackman for this movie. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really solid CG, probably some of the best de-aging in Marvel movies. You think they'll be doing that for him in this upcoming Deadpool movie, or do you think they'll have him portrayed as his current age? Uh, I don't know. I don't mean like de-aged to like, you know, the early 2000s. Well, I mean, for Logan, they made him look a little older than Hugh Jackman looks like. So I feel like Hugh Jackman would look fine as Hugh Jackman. That's what I'd want, I guess. Just current Hugh Jackman, you know, like. I don't even know if he needs to get shredded like he did back in the day. Like for the Wolverine, he got like super shredded for that movie. I don't even think he needs to do that for this movie. I didn't watch Logan in theaters. And I don't even think I saw any Wolverine movie in theaters. So... For him coming back to Deadpool, that'll be my first time seeing Hugh Jackman on the big screen as Wolverine, which is kind of cool for me. So, yeah, I'm excited. 
I, I definitely had my, my thoughts of, well, then why did he die? But like you said, it probably is a multiverse thing. They're probably bringing a different uh, Wolverine that's not from the Logan universe, I guess. Because that whole X-Men timeline is already really messed up and doesn't make any sense. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I don't really have much to, much to say about Logan. Um, one thing that I remember from watching it the first time I ever watched it that I never realized and I felt really dumb about realizing when I watched that movie was the only thing that kills him is adamantium and it's literally the stuff he's made of so of course he's dying with old age and i never understood that wait he's made of adamantium isn't this gonna like kill him eventually (laughs) and i never put that into thought until this movie came out and i saw that and i was like of course that makes so much sense i'll admit i don't maybe maybe i am dumb um I don't quite get that point that the antiman- uh, the adamantium is I don't get the- why is it killing him because it's the only thing that kills him and it's literally what he's made out of I don't know I just feel like he I, I don't know I-, I can't in my head it doesn't really make that much sense it's in him it's part of him and I like why is it just is, is it just because he's old Oh, like, why is it now starting to kill him instead of previously? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I guess it is because he's getting old <laughs> with time because of his excellent healing factor or whatever. <laughs> I, just, I just do find it strange that it took that long to affect him. It is a little strange. I never I never had that thought that you brought up. Why now? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. But is it all, is I, it all you have to say for Logan? Yeah, I can't really think about much more. So I guess I should bring up my movie. Go for it. All right. So uh, when we first discussed about doing this, you told me to maybe think of a few movies that we could bring up. And you could probably guess what, like, the first movie I instantly thought of was, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. You, I don't know if you'd get, you'd probably be able to guess it. Maybe with, like, and that a movie few tries. is, huh? Maybe with the do you want to try to guess it, or do you just want me to no, no, talk about it? Go for it. it. I don't. I don't want to be wrong. All right. Um, I know you've seen part of this movie. I don't know if you've seen it all, but the movie is La La Land, starring oh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right. You know I love this movie. I know you love that movie. Absolutely. I I I do know that. <laughs> have you finished have you ever finished watching this movie no because i know we've seen some of it on like a band trip or something yeah i kept i kept phasing in and out of sleep during that uh, uh during yeah, that time dude i'm telling you, you have to watch that <laughs> it is one of the best endings to movie ever I don't want to spoil it for you, and this is probably a bad movie to bring up since you've never seen it, and you can't really talk about it much, but, but you know, while I have the, you on the topic of La La Land, uh, directed by Sir Damien Chazelle, I know there is a movie by him you have seen, and that movie is Whiplash. Oh, yeah. Whiplash is, was his first, his first feature movie. Um, 
starring J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. And it's a that's a great movie itself too, you know. The story about this ambitious drummer who finds who gets into who's trying to accomplish all his goals, you know, literally dedicating his whole life to it. And it's a the story is really good, but as you know, jazz musicians know it's not very accurate no. <laughs> to jazz itself. But other than that, the the movie's amazing, you know. Yeah, that... <laughs> I know Mr. Wright had his reserves has his reserves about the realistic aspects of the movie, but it's yeah. oh, beautifully acted. J.K. Simmons won an won an Oscar for that movie. Oh, did he? I Directed did beautifully. Yeah, he won Best Supporting Actor for that movie. That's what's up. You know, he was very, very good. It kind of made me scared of him for a good <laughs> minute. I mean, he's great. You know, this it's this is a story about two passionate musicians and what that passion can get you to and put you through. It's just a it's just a wonderful character study. Yeah, I I, I really wish I had got to see it sooner. I'm very glad you let me know that it was on Hulu when you did. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. And what's really cool about it is, you know, Miles Teller's doing all the drumming. Oh, well, at least I think he is. Uh, he's doing a a good chunk of it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he taught himself. Yeah, I know. In La La Land, Ryan Gosling is doing all of the piano playing. He learned piano for that movie yeah. and. Every time you see him playing, it's actually him. Great musical, one of my probably my favorite musical ever. La La Land is. It's tied for like the most Oscar nominations ever. That's crazy. What of what of? I don't know if it's got the most win. I don't think it has the most wins, but it's tied for the most noms. But yeah, man, and I don't know if you know this, but Damien Chazelle has a movie coming out soon. And there's an actor in it that you and I are both very fond of, Toby <laughs> Maguire. Oh, that's right. He's back into he's back into movies now. What uh, uh, what's the movie? It's called Babylon, and it's by Damien Chazelle. You know, he's he's uh, his new movie that comes out. Pretty sure it comes out next month around Christmas. Dude. But yeah, I don't okay. really know much about it, but I do know that Toby Maguire is in it, and I'm very excited for that. <laughs> and therefore, I will be there opening night. Uh, if we get it here, I will. But I doubt we will. You never know. This seems like a movie we'd get. I didn't. I didn't think we'd get like Bullet Train over there. We got. We did get Bullet Train, but but I didn't watch it. So you know, I don't. I don't doubt that we. Um, we. I. I'm pretty sure we'd get that movie. I mean, you know, that's what sucks about living here is our theater is not very big and we don't get a lot of the the movies Smaller that you may want to watch. I mean, of course, you get the big movies like the Marvel movies, all of those DC movies. Oh, yeah. But I really wanted I remember when um, Last Night in Soho by Edgar Wright was coming out. They were advertising it here. And then when it came, when it was finally released, it they didn't play it here, and I was very upset with that. That's right. I remember. Uh, I really wanted to watch Isle of Dogs when it came out. That didn't play here, but it didn't come out. It didn't come out in town. No. 
Wow. Yeah, you see? We don't get a lot of movies here. Isle of Dogs is a great movie. I love Isle of Dogs. It was, man. Fantastic film. I need to watch that again soon. Yeah. I watched that for the first time. That was probably like two years ago. Hmm. But yeah, that is a fantastic movie. I I need to watch it again, though, because I've only seen it once. And that's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I very very well may be. Um, Is it made by the same people who made Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yeah, yeah, it's um, Anderson, Wes Anderson, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, Isle of Dogs, what else did he do? There's another big movie that I can't remember of right now. But that, yeah, he's a he's a great director. He makes great movies himself. Somebody's uh <laughs> practicing uh, their classical saxophone solo in the room next to me. Really? In their dorm? Are you in your dorm right now? No, I'm in a I'm in the recording studio. Which oh, just which okay, it's very con very conveniently located between the band room and the choir room. Well, that's great for you. <laughs> uh, you know, that's why I like to record on the weekends because guaranteed. I'm in, I'm in yeah. band anyway, so I know when that's happening. <laughs> well, I'm in I'm in my room. I was like, hey, uh, I told my my brother and mom. I was like, uh, I'm gonna be recording a podcast, so please don't bother me. You know, I'm kind of a big <laughs> deal now. <laughs> You're making it big. Uh, back when we first met and you weren't very uh, cool or chill or happy with me, like you mentioned, <laughs> one of the things that we bonded, that we bonded together were movies. Do you remember yeah. what movie or movies it was that we like uh, grew together over? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's what I was thinking of, but there was one before that came out before that earlier that year that we were also both very excited for. For 2018? Yeah. Infinity War, yeah. No, that was... One more? There's there's another one? We hadn't met yet. We hadn't met yet. No, we hadn't met yet. (laughs) We hadn't met yet. No, we hadn't met yet when Infinity War came out. Okay, so it came out... Your freshman year. I know. I'm trying to think of movies that came out my freshman year. Let's see. We had uh, we had Spider Verse, Bumblebee, Bumblebee. <laughs> Let me look at some. It was before Spider Verse. It was before Spider Verse. Venom. No, that's no, not it. No. <laughs> oh, I'm overthinking it. Um. Oh. We were both into it. We were both excited for this movie. Yeah. What the hell? Um uh We plan we planned on watching it together but we never did. Oh, but we were Shazam? both excited. No, 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 no. That was later. Oh. You give up? Just put me out of put me out of my misery. What what's the You're going to you're going to be so mad once I say this, dude, but Hold on. The movie I'm talking about. Hold on. Hold on a second then. Hold on. Uh, So it came out in like late 2018 then. 
Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There it is. You got it. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of the first things that I remember us tries. like, yo, Bohemian Rhapsody, that movie, that movie's going to be cool, huh? And you were like, and we were like, yeah, and we talked about it. And we had already, I think by then we had already sort of um, became friends and you had started to uh, open up to me a little more. Yeah. But yeah, that to me, as far as I can remember, was the first movie that we were both like, oh yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be a, like a good movie. You know, maybe we should watch it together. We didn't, but that was like the first yeah, movie that I remember us absolutely. bonding over. Because we both are big, I don't know if you're, we're both like Queen's music. Oh yeah. And movies and a queen movie? What? That's crazy. Perfect combination. But have you seen that movie recently? I haven't seen it since my sophomore year. Oh. So I watched it again yeah. a few years back. I just remember us um making fun of a fellow friend. For trying to tell us like all the what Bohemian Rhapsody got wrong and what it got right, <laughs> and he was like, "You know, it didn't happen that way, right?" And we were just making fun of him because we just assumed that he'd gone and watched a YouTube video and was quoting it word for word. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I remember that. And then different time, time with uh you know, Dr. Doom's army of Doombots at his disposal. That's a different person. I know. Oh, yeah. For, oh, yeah. Same. When it, uh, <laughs> Infinity War had come out. <laughs> no, Endgame. 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 Was it? No, it was Infinity War. No, it was Endgame. It was Endgame. And he was like, we need to get these. Like, we need Dr. Doom. He has a, a whole country and a. Army of Doombots at his disposal. <laughs> and we just looked uh, at each other like, who is, like, why are you, why are you talking like that? <laughs> said the exact same thing to him. To like, this man just w- watched one YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> watched one YouTube video and now he knows everything about Dr. Oh. Doom. Dr. Doom in the comics, though, he's pretty goaded. He's really OP. He's really Go. He's just he's, he's he's insane in the books. Yeah, the movies. He's kind of goofy. You saw a fan four stick, right? <laughs> the one with Michael B. Jordan, and Miles Teller. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. It's not very I still not very good. <laughs> you haven't seen it? <laughs> no. I mean, it's not really worth watching. You're not missing out on much. But um, <laughs> one funny thing about that movie is that there's no Stan Lee cameo in it. Really. Yeah, I guess Stan Lee was like, "Yeah, this movie sucks. I'm not, I'm not gonna be in it." <laughs> Man, that's tough. Yeah, that's like it's the only Marvel movie that has no Stan Lee cameo in it. Man, Stan Lee, what a guy, what a legend. Some piece. You still remember where we were when he died? You know, so I remember. That. I was about to ask you if you remember. You know, when we found out that he died, when when the power went out at the high school and. Yeah, we man. all get a notification on our phones. That was crazy. Just, yeah, it was like, and we were no. all like, yo, the, the universe is talking to us right now. The power went out and Stan Lee's dead. 
what happened? What happened? And Endgame was set to come out just months from then. And then Spider Verse came out not too soon, long, not too long after, too, like a month yes. later. Yeah, that was there was like a little memoriam for him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, and twenty eighteen, right? So the even the yeah. game had come out not too long before he died. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was. That's, that's such a shame too, because twenty eighteen was such a year for Spider Man. It was Spider Man. It really year. was, man. It was. You had. The game, Spider Verse, is that it? That's a big year. Even like Venom, like a lot of people don't like Venom. Venom, that's I right. I forgot Venom. about. I forgot about Venom. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's something else that I'm missing that came out in Spider Man uh, 2018 in regards to Spider Man. I mean, the year before Homecoming had come out. Oh yeah, yeah. And Spider Man was in Infinity War as well in 2018. He was in Infinity War, yeah, in 2018, yeah, that too died yeah, we, just, we just kept getting so much spider-man stuff 2018 it was definitely it was his time to shine and yeah you know, i guess i was really sad too when stanley died spider-man i think was like stanley's like best character ever and didn't didn't steve ditko die earlier that year too um i or thought I steve ditko died earlier oh no jack kirby like, i think jack kirby died earlier that year did he Wait, Steve Ditko also died in 2018. Was it Steve Ditko? Yeah, Steve Ditko died earlier that year too. Yeah, I remember. He died because in June 29. Spider-Man creators had passed away in the same year. Yeah, man, it was a trip. No, Jack Kirby died. Yeah, I remember he died like way earlier, like in the 90s, yeah. No, no I remember Steve Ditko died and then Stan Lee died and it was like the two Spider-Man creators are dead and Spider-Verse was like kind of dedicated to both of them. At the end, too, they, it wasn't that that memoriam wasn't just for Stan Lee. It was also uh, for Ditko. Man, bro, Spider-Verse 2. That movie was supposed to come out already, bro. We, we should have would have seen it by now. If When's the, the when's it supposed the to be coming out it. now? I completely In forgot June. the release date. Oh, June. That's not bad. In June. So it's not bad, but, man, just imagine if we'd. We did seen it already. I remember seeing the first one and being uh, around 2018 is kind of when I started to um, pick up uh, Supiderman again. Right. Because when I was younger, Supiderman was like a core part. He's a core memory in my head because I remember we had a, 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 a tape player, VHS tape player. And it was just the player. It wasn't like a VCR or anything. It was just this tiny little thing you put the tape in. Yeah. And uh, it's called the VCR. <laughs> oh, is that is that is that what the actual Sh- tape like player is called? Showing my age here. Yeah. Oh, I figured the VCR was like the whole entire thing with extra no, what bits the... and whatever. Yeah, I might be wrong. I don't know. Don't take my word for it. So I was under the impression that the VCR was had like, you know, like the the audio settings of the studio. Because when I when I think of a VCR, I think of it has the the place where you put the tape in, but it also has a whole bunch of yeah. buttons and knobs on it to adjust things and whatnot. Point is, this tape player it it wasn't a it wasn't a typical it wasn't like your typical VCR. It's really small, and all okay. it did it it was a top loader. If I don't, if I remember correctly. Um, 
it was a top loader VCR, but it was, I don't know. It, it wasn't much bigger than the tape, whatever P- point is. <laughs> um, yeah. Get to your got, point. You got man. me looking at pictures, got, got me looking at, you know, pictures of VCRs right now. <laughs> um, right. I, uh, my dad used to take me to the video store and that's where I got a lot of my media. We'd, we'd rent some tapes showing money. Did you go to Hastings? I couldn't tell you. It was, I was like a small child. I, my brain did not fully work yet. Cause some of the early memories that I have with film were going to Hastings and just picking up random movies to watch as a family, mm. renting movies back when that was a thing. And even there was a video store not too far from my house. No, but yeah, there was a video store right around my house that we would also go to and pick up VHS tapes and stuff like that and watch movies. But yeah, man, I remember watching, picking up, renting movies from Hastings, watching those as a family, as a kid. Some great memories. It may have been Hastings. I'm not sure. So like I said, I couldn't even like read. You know, I was like a little, little kid. Because you also have to think about it too. This would have been your youth. I, I'm three years younger than you are. True. And so, like, five years old for you is, you know, two years old for me. You know what I mean? So, like, at that point, you're, you know, you're you're more functional. A two-year-old has the brain of, like... I don't, I don't have memories from two uh, years old. Two cells. You know? It's funny that we're talking about movies because the earliest memory that I have ever is watching the SpongeBob SquarePants movie in the movie theaters. Wow. Yeah, I was, like... Actually, I think I was like it's a good one. I was like t- two or three, and that's the earliest memory that I have. I think the earliest theater memory for me is probably my sister uh, took me to go see Spider Man three when it came out. Right. Because at this point, I was super into Spider Man. I had seen the Raimi movies all all two of them. <laughs> And um, that was my introduction to Spider-Man as a little kid. And I absolutely fell in love with that. I loved it. And even still, Your I love it. Your first piece of Spider-Man media but, were uh, the Raimi movies? Um, the Raimi movies, the 90s cartoon, kind of, and, and Spider-Man. Yeah. Like I said, the video store, we'd, we'd rent the tapes. Uh, they'd have the 90s cartoon on, on tape, uh, certain epi- like arcs of it. You know, they'd have some random tapes with Spider-Man, except... You know, I couldn't really read. I'm a little kid, so I'm like, Dad, can we get that one? And he's just like, okay, whatever. The tape wasn't even in English or Spanish. You know, I'm pretty sure the tape had the Japanese. Well, it probably had some English, but, you know, it had the Japanese text on it. But, you know, I saw Spider-Man on the cover, if I remember. And so he'd be like, okay, fine. And so I'd go back home, put the pop the tape in, and I'd just hear, hey, yay, yay, wow. And it's just like... Okay, this is Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't have uh, big Spider-Man attachments and memories like you do, but I know <laughs> you do, so that's why I got you that birthday gift that I got you. Uh, I wish I could bring it to school with me. I definitely could. It's just I don't really have much wall space. Right. See, my early Spider-Man memories are the also the Remy movies, but even the 90s animated show, but also older animated shows like Spider-Man and His Amazing and- Friends. Oh yeah, that was too. really that, into that definitely. when I was a kid. And the uh, there's a show before that that was just about Spider-Man. It was in the same style. It wasn't that '60s one, but it was it was before Spidey and his Amazing Friends. It was just his own series before he got his Amazing Friends. Yeah, I think I was into that one too. 
Yeah, those I remember those were pretty big, pretty big in my youth as well, along with the uh, X Men animated series, the '90s one. That those were all stuff that I watched a lot as a little kid. Right. But, you know, Spider Man, him and those and that and those shows. I love it so much. You know, Christopher Daniel Barnes as Peter Parker slash Spider Man. Whenever I read a Spider Man comic book, it's usually in his voice. He and like I love Yuri Lowenthal and Josh Keaton as Peter Parker and. Neil Patrick Harris as Peter Parker and literally a lot of like anybody else that has taken up the, the role. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, what did he do, Spider Man? Neil Patrick Harris did Spider Man in the um, early two mid early to mid two thousands. There was a Spider Man the new animated series, right? And he played Spider Man in that. Really, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was ever Spider Man. But yeah, he played Spider Man in that. But yeah, like I think you know a lot of the actors do a pretty good job at him. But when I when I read a book. Especially too, because lately I've been trying to get into the more uh, the classic stories, you know, starting in the '60s. Yeah, the, the voice that I hear whenever I read uh, all of that stuff, it's Christopher Daniel Barnes. That is his voice. Is just, for me, it's it's Spider Man. Yeah, I th- I think I'm with you there. That's like the voice that I hear when I think of Spider Man. I think it's also because like he delivered such emotional <laughs> uh uh, lines so many times you know uh, if you remember in the 90s cartoon spider-man screams quite a bit when he had the symbiote and he's chasing after shocker that's the classic one yeah <laughs> so you know he, he definitely you can escape me <laughs> yeah. oh man that's great you know i guess now that we're on topic of spider-man and I want to get a couple more movies before, uh, one from each of us before you know ending this episode. All right, I'm just gonna go ahead and talk about the first Spider-Man movie. Um, all right, let's, we could talk about that all day. <laughs> it's hard to talk about the first one because I love the second one. Yeah. In fact, the second one, I think I like to joke around about this a lot. Is I developed my consciousness. Um, it just started while watching Spider-Man two for the first time, you know, like I, I, I was, yeah. I, I was a nothingness little baby, nothing going on in my brain. But then as soon as I watched Spider-Man two, something clicked. And even as a little tiny child, I knew that what I was watching was a really good movie, but Spider-Man one, Spider-Man one for me as a kid, Oh, was the movie that I had on repeat over and over and <laughs> over and over again, man. It was my movie, man. You know, I had the DVD, and I just constantly have it playing. I loved that movie as like a three, four-year-old, you know. It's iconic. There's so much, like, right about it as a little kid, but then also, like, now as, like, an adult, you know, going back into it, it's, you know, it's way better than, you know, now than it it was, you know, as a kid, because now you can pick up on so many things, kind of like when I watched Logan, except way different <laughs> um like right. for instance just you know a lot of people bash um I, I love the character designs in this movie i don't care what you know a lot of people like to bash on willem dafoe's green goblin costume and helmet especially but it makes sense for for what they're trying to do here you know and and I mean, unfortunately ter- it terrified me as a child yeah i, I remember you know being kind of scared of that mask especially because he jump scares uh in the movie with it but yeah. Um, it also makes me grateful that they didn't go with the, I don't know if you've seen the animatronic and like prosthetic mask they're going to go with. Yeah, I have I have seen that. I think if they actually went with that, I probably, <laughs> I don't know if I could have watched that movie as a little kid. 
the thing that I love about the mask that we got instead of that like uh, animatronic mask is that there are still scenes in the movie where you can see Willem Dafoe's face and you can see his eyes and his mouth. Oh yeah, and you can still see a performance under the mask. Oh, absolutely. That's and it's it's really terrifying. It's funny that we're talking about this. I mean, I kind of expected us to talk about it, but I actually watched this movie like two weeks ago, just because I had nothing uh-huh. to do, so I threw it on. And like you can see, like his mouth, his eyes, his teeth while he's talking under the mask. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I think the mask is great. I really like it. Absolutely, it's 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 iconic. You know, when I, it's definitely up there with other iconic, you know, film villains. You know, like the likes of like maybe Darth Vader, even you know, in terms of just design, I think. But you know that movie, it does so much right. You know, it retells the origin story, except not doesn't really retell it. I mean, I mean it does, but you know, for as far as a lot of people were concerned, it's like their first time hearing it. For a lot of people, yeah. I mean, this movie was like the biggest movie ever at that time, and for a lot of people, it was his first, their first introduction to Spider-Man and his origin. It's a comic book movie, and it I like the. It's more of a movie than comic book movie to me, you know. Because nowadays, when I when I, when you say comic book movie, there's a certain, uh, you know, criteria that you know so many that you think of. There's a certain uh, group of movies, you know, Marvel movies, comic book movies, uh, that has become a normal thing. But back then, um, they had to like try really hard for something to do well, especially if it was a comic book movie. Yeah, it's crazy that you say that because. While I was rewatching this movie not that long ago, I had like the same thoughts. I was like, "This is a this is a movie. This doesn't feel like a modern Marvel movie. This feels like like a movie movie. The characters, that the just story, yeah. It's it's mm. just it just shows how great of a director Sam Raimi is, and the understanding he had of this character and like of storytelling because." It's just a, it's, it's a simple movie that happens to be about this, about how it happens to be about Spider-Man, but it feels so grounded and so real, even though a guy swinging on webs through New York City is (laughs) really, really not real at all. Despite it just coming out of his wrist for whatever reason. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? It just feels real. And especially, and I'm going to kind of lean into the the villain here because my favorite part of Spider-Man 1 is probably, well, a lot. I love the score. I love the visuals. I love the action. It's probably the Green Goblin. Willem Dafoe, man. Because um, not only do they kind of show that descent into madness, which is good, but it also highlights another thing about, you know, his villains. None of them are just straight up evil at first, you know, they... Right. They they kind of mean well, uh, but something happens to them the same way that, you know, that they parallel Peter Parker in the way that, you know, they get involved in some kind of accident that gives them powers, except they don't have the same morals as Parker. They become corrupted, you know, especially, you know, with, with Green Goblin and Peter being uh, and Spider-Man essentially being born on the same night. Oh, yeah, that is a great parallel. You know, I didn't realize that so much later when I came older and I realized that. Spider-Man and Green Goblin are both being born in the same night and one goes in a the great direction and one goes in the complete 
terrible worst direction it could have possibly gone. But, you know, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, his performance is so solid. Like you said, you can see his eyes. You know, the, the helmet is specifically designed to where there's a mesh in the mouth that you can see his mouth through and the actual yellow eyes retract so you can see his eyes. Yeah. And I feel like that that was like they uh, uh, like they had to because Willem Dafoe has such a great range um, um, just in general and especially in his face. He really pulls off the psycho killer look, like those insanity eyes. I just really enjoy his performance in that movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, the way he delivers so many of his lines, like whenever he, you know, kidnaps Spidey and, you know, tries to convince him to work with him on the roof or, you know, that delusion of him talking to himself in the mirror. That's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. It's especially great when you watch that scene that you're talking about after he wakes up and he's having that conversation in the mirror with the green goblin. There are points in that scene where the, where the camera doesn't cut and he's literally switching from Norman Osborn to the green goblin. And he's talking, yeah. he's like, hey, I'm, I'm Norman Osborn, no, I'm the Green Goblin. And it's like, because it's all on his shot on his back, it's all in the mirror, and it's him switching over and over without cuts, and he's just acting. And, man, Willem Dafoe was like, I think one of the most underrated actors of all time. He doesn't get talked about enough. He is definitely something else. I'm really, um, he doesn't look anything like Norman does in the comic, but I don't even care. You know, right. they, they should have given my boy his waves and no way home. They had every opportunity. <laughs> no, but it's like what you said about <laughs> Logan and how Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Willem Dafoe yeah. is the Green Goblin. He literally, there's there's no nobody yeah. else, you know. They had to bring him back for no way home. <laughs> they tried in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and, you know. Uh, well, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2, it could have worked if they had just, like, done it right <laughs> I feel like that whole movie is a whole bunch of missteps I feel like there was ultimately a really good and there is some good stuff to it but it, it could have been way better had um, things just been left the way they were and not forced they try to do something new with the amazing spider-man and uh, it just doesn't work they try to make it this dark thing because, you know, The Dark Knight had just come out, and that was huge. But Spider-Man and Batman are completely different characters. Mm. They're similar in some ways, yeah, but, like, Spider-Man, yeah, there are some really dark Spider-Man comics, but not in the sense that some Batman comics are really dark. No, there, there's definitely some that, that match the Batman darkness. Right, I mean... I haven't read many Spider-Man comics. The darkest one I've ever read. And I think it's considered by a lot to be one of the darkest comics. Spider-Man comics is Craven's Last Hunt. And Absolutely. That's a that's a great book. But the thing is like you have to understand Spider-Man, the character of Spider-Man and Peter Parker to do those movies. And I don't think Mark Webb understood it as much as Sam Raimi ever did. Which sucks because, uh, you know, Andrew Garfield ended up just becoming that, you know, that middle child. Yeah, (laughs) literally. He had so much potential. 
Yeah, there was a lot of potential there. I remember watching The Amazing Spider-Man in theaters as a kid. And as a kid, you know Spider-Man. I'm going to like it, of course. It's Spider-Man. But then when The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out, I was like, what are we doing here? Like, this really isn't that good, you know? (laughs) And, you know, it's got really good qualities about it. But the bad outweighs the good in those movies for me. It's hard to overlook that that whole plot line of his dad putting his DNA in the spider and only making it so that Peter can become Spider-Man. Cause that's, yeah, I always thought that was kind of, that's completely against <laughs> spider, what Spider-Man is. Well, maybe not quite. You see, well, well, um... not, well not literally, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be an accident. And in those movies, it is an accident. But it's super coinc. It's like a super coincidence that the only person that could have become Spider Man became Spider Man. You see, I agree with you there. But also, the thing is with that is, you know, it was supposed to just be an accident. It could happen to anybody. But what with the Spider Verse uh, story and stuff before that, kind of put in place in the comics, is that Peter Parker is destined to become Spider Man. He is right. bitten by a magic spider sent to him by like destiny itself. You know, he is the, that's just his thing. He's supposed to be Spider-Man, which I kind of, I like that, but I also don't because I do like the idea that it could have been anybody. It's an accident. Um, It was just, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or the right place at the right time. It's just so much that, that that character stands for and represents that we love about it. But um, just to finish my thoughts on Spider-Man 1, and yeah, then go if ahead. you'd like to, we can go with one more movie. Um, That ending scene, that whole like third act, <sighs> is, it's just... So good. Wow. You know, <laughs> the... You know, and I always think about this one shot. It's that shot after the Green Goblin is like, let die the woman you love or suffer the children. Right. And then he's like, now choose. And then he like drops them. And you see in his eyes, the both choices. Yeah. That, that's such a good, like it's, it's memorable. Like literally it's, it's, I can remember like, it's just in my brain. It's ingrained there. And that's Sam Raimi, dude, making those decisions. Like he's always had those like perfect shots, you know? Putting the two choices in each one of his eyes, it's like, oh, it's so good. Like, just little things like that make it so good. Mm-hmm. And then and, I love yeah. the, a lot of people like to dog on the the citizens of New York, you know, fighting the Green Goblin by throwing stuff at him. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Right. But the thing is, is like, people are like, that's so cheesy. But also, like, you know, nine eleven had just happened. Right. You know, not, yeah. not to just completely go one eighty, you know? but yeah, I know <laughs> where you're getting with this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's you know, so it's like, a unity yeah. thing, man. Yeah. So that that's a really good theme to have there. And then um, you know, I haven't even gotten to like the best part of it in my opinion. The the best part of the whole third act is just that last fight between Peter and, and Norman. You know, the the way that, you know, that is going to that warehouse, the the music completely stops and you know the Green Goblin is just completely decimating Peter Parker. He's 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 hopeless. You know, like Spider Man could very well die in the scene. It, it would it would make sense 
like I said, the score is cut out, and no matter what he does, the Green Goblin overpowers him in every way. Yeah, he's losing. He's he's dead. And like I don't he's know, losing. it's just it's 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 that brutality of that particular just sequence. And then you know, of course, Spider Man perseveres because of love, and he uh, has this whole thing with Norman. But before that, like I said, just the brutality of that fight. You know the amount of things that happen there. It's right. You see, you don't the, see that in in you don't see that superhero anymore. movies anymore. Like that one particular shot that always comes to my mind is after the Green Goblin punches him, he spits out blood. Yeah, you know, and like you're not. Yep. We don't see that anymore. Like this is Sam Raimi. He's like, I'm gonna do what I want. You know, brutal. His masks ripped up. His suits ripped up. He's beaten half to death. And there's only one thing that pulls him out of there, and it's when the Green Goblin talks about Mary Jane and like brings him together and gives him that extra push that he needs. And it's it's really cool that that's what gives him that push. And then towards the end of the movie, like closing scenes, Mary Jane even says the only thing that kept her going through anything was Peter. And then you know, this that even the the ending of that movie is really gut punching. But, you know, I just wanted to go over just that that fight scene. You know, he, Peter Parker, you know, he gets beaten. He gets brutalized. There's there's an actual weight in every punch. It's 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 not, like, hard to watch or anything, but it's it's real. You know, you, um, you don't really get that nowadays. I mean, yes, sometimes you get really good fight scenes like that that have all that emotional weight and actual, like, action. But I don't think it's nearly as common, nor does it like hit that many hit the same level as they uh, used to right you know just to so that that's to wrap things up about that i do want to say just one quick thing about no way home now that we're on the topic of green goblin yeah i get why they 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 scrapped the mask you know we have willem dafoe we're using anti-age we're using de-aging tech we got to show his face right but you know how much cooler it would have looked <laughs> if he had the mask on. I mean, yeah, it would have been cool. But I mean, even that scene in Happy's condo, and he's when he switches back to Green Goblin, and he's given that monologue, and you just see Willem's face. And even in that fight scene, he's getting beaten up. Sp- Spider Man's punching him, and he's just smiling back at him. You don't get that with the mask. I know that that's that's something, but what I mean is like I don't mean like in those like those scenes absolutely take the mask off. But even towards when he's flying around on the glider, yeah, those goggles are kind of lame. You know, we could have just put it on for a little bit, and then maybe Tom Holland like breaks it or something. And then another thing I wish was in that movie was that Tobey Maguire didn't really interact with the Green Goblin. No, and to me that's like that that that's 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 his villain. You know, that's his. Not as, about his arch nemesis, yeah, the Green Goblin. That's that's him, and you know, but, in this movie, he's more Tom Holland's villain. But yeah, in in this movie, he's Tom's origin, not uh, Toby's. But I just feel like you know, Toby's Spider Man has so much to do with this character. You know, it's right, and so to me, it's kind of like, man, it would have been cool to at least see them like fight a little bit. And I remember there was a scene that they didn't include in the movie. That was supposed to be a little fight scene of them because they had re- they had released clips of the filming of that, but I guess it still hasn't really come to surface at all. Yeah, I mean, 
it would have been cool to see Toby interact with Green Goblin, but at the same time, it's Tom's Spider-Man's movie, and at this moment in that movie, it's everything that he had done to Tom, taking away yeah. Aunt May, and everything you know. He like he's just so rageful. This is this is Tom Holland's Spider-Man's moment, and you know the whole yeah origin thing wrapping up with Green Goblin. You know, I think it's. I still I think No Way Home's probably the best Spider-Man movie. Hot take, I know. Maybe I don't know. I don't think it's the best. I think after having some time to kind of reflect on it, I can really appreciate a lot of things about it. Right. And of course, having all the Spider-Man there is dream come true. I mean, it's probably not the best. It's probably my favorite, but the best probably has to go to Spider-Verse. And then when Spider Verse Two comes out, I'll probably I'll probably be saying that Spider Verse Two is the best the best Spider Man movie. You know, I'm just you're just getting so much good Spider Man stuff. You know, when Spider Verse came out, we were like, "Yo, this is probably the best one." No Way Home came out, you know, you're probably the best one. And Spider Verse Two is gonna come out. I'm probably gonna be saying it's the best one. <laughs> but you know, that's all my thoughts about Spider Man One. Yeah, I'll give a few Spider Man One thoughts. Um. I really like a lot of the little attention to detail things after after Spider-Man saves Mary Jane um, and he's swinging her through the air and puts her on the rooftop. There's this scene when he jumps off where she asks him, uh, who are you? And he's all like, oh, you know who I am. He jumps off. He swings away. But there's a scene where he's running. He runs aside on the side of the building and you hear the footsteps on the glass. I don't know that that little detail just really. I really like that. The swinging is probably the best. I don't know if it's the best swinging in any Spider-Man movie, but it's really cool seeing just this dude swing through this city of New York. Tobey Maguire, though, he is a little like, what are you doing, buddy? Some some scenes, his dialogue and his, his, his acting is a little cheesy. I'm not going to lie, but I still love it. That one line that always comes to me is he's talking to Mary Jane in the backyard, and he says, oh, boy, yeah. So so cringy, so funny, but I just love it. <laughs> but yeah, we pretty much talked about all that we could about Spider Man. I mean, you brought up most of it, but yeah, yeah. I'll bring out one more movie. So my final movie is Spider Man Two. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I made a list, like I said earlier, about what we should talk about. Um. I don't even think you've seen any of these movies. And, you know, even if uh, if you'd want to, we can even record like a okay. sequel to this episode some other time. Well, um, I'll bring up a movie that we both have seen that I think we both really like. That I think, yeah, you watched it for the first time at my place. Um, Jojo Rabbit. I was hoping you'd bring this one up. Were you? Yeah, I love that movie. Jojo Rabbit by Taika Waititi. Man, the first... I I remember when that movie came out. And, you know, it was getting a lot of... Um, a lot of buzz around the Oscars. And I was like, man, I really want to watch this movie. I really want to watch this movie. And I finally got the chance to watch it. And, man, that first time I watched it... It was just... You know, it's hilarious because it's Taika Waititi. You know, he makes some of the funniest stuff. Mm-hmm. But then it's also like 
it's so like I remember the first time that you came over to watch it. Was it Yared there too? I don't remember. Yeah. Yared was there. All right, so yeah, it was you, me, my brother Yared, and you and and me, I guess. But I remember spoilers, of course. But remember we're watching it, and from the scene on where his mom dies to the end of the movie, <laughs> complete silence. None of us said a word. None of us <clears throat> cracked a joke. None of us. You were. It was just we were all just glued to the mo- to the screen, just watching from that point to the end. Dead silence. I, I remember and, when that happened. I was like, "Shut up, Yared!" <sighs> Like I, he tried saying something. Yeah, <laughs> because it's a, it's a, it's a scene. You know, it's just like any, you, you're just watching a scene. Any scene that's happening, he's going around doing his little Jojo Rabbit stuff, and you just he stops to like, I forget what it is. He's following a, he's chasing a butterfly. I think is what it is. Am I right? I I don't remember. I don't remember either. I think it is, but he's chasing. We'll go with it, and if it's if, if it's not, then I'm wrong. Whatever. Mm. He's chasing this just butterfly, and then he looks up, and in the town square, he looks up and he sees his mom's shoes, and you know it's his mom's shoes because you'd seen those shoes earlier in the movie. And earlier in the movie, it's like Taika's like, "Hey, yo, pay attention! What? Look at these shoes! Look at her shoes! Look at her shoes! Yeah, these bright red shoes! Look at her shoes!" And then you see him later in the movie, and they're hung, and all you see is his shoes. He looks up, and he sees the shoes, and you're just like, oh, no. <laughs> and it's like, it's one of the most, like, whoa scenes in a movie that I've ever seen. No, I remember. And it's like, man, and it's... <sighs> and man, then earlier just... in the movie... She has to tie Jojo's shoes. Mm-hmm. And her shoes are untied and he and he ties her shoes while she's while she's hanging up there and it's just like yeah. man. I remember my, my heart just completely sank whenever the shoes came on screen. I... Right. That's uh, what I was looking for. Your heart just sinks to the floor and it's just like so it's just it just gets so heavy from then on. And that's like my favorite move my favorite memory of watching that movie is Watching it with you and just silence from then on to the end of it. And the fact that they could pull it off, you know, this whole movie comedy, but to have moments like that, that really just stick right. with you. It's, it's incredible. Never really touched on what this movie's about. No, we didn't I mean, it's at about, all. This movie, it's about <laughs> this little kid. I should have, I should have opened with that, but better late than never. It's about this little kid growing up in Germany during World War II. And he idolizes Adolf Hitler. And Taika Waititi plays this imaginary version friend of Adolf Hitler to Jojo Rabbit. And he's just trying to be a good little Nazi boy, you know. Mm-hmm. He goes to this Nazi camp, Nazi summer camp. And, you know, it's... I remember there was a lot of controversy around this movie for Taika Waititi portraying adolf hitler in kind of a likable funny way yeah but the thing is the thing is it's not adolf hitler it's this little boy's imagination of this cool hero guy you know kind of the way that we'd look at look at that spider-man but Uh because he's a little kid he doesn't know what's happening on the world what's really happening so he imagines adolf hitler as this 
awesome superhero kind of guy and he idolizes him but then we come to find out later in the movie that jojo rabbit's mom is hiding a jewish girl in their in their house and it's kind of like that's where the movie really kind of starts that's where the conflict begins because and then later on jojo learns about her and you know it's just i can't say i haven't seen this movie in a while i need to rewatch this movie because i really love it but it's a really great movie i'm a big fan of historical fiction and this movie just does it so well and like the comedy, you know, it's not for everyone, but to me, it's stuck every time. You know, even the dumb ones, like I remember I laughed at this one way more than any of you did. It was the OM gut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that joke, that little joke. It's not even that funny, but I remember I just I could not stop laughing. It's not, it's really, it's really corny and kind of dumb, kind of like that scene where the, the guy's like, I told you guys to go get German Shepherds. <laughs> and he's like, we did come back with German Shepherds. And he's like, no, I'm talking about the dogs. The dogs, you idiot, not actual German Shepherds. Just little jokes like that. So dumb. And in the movie, there's that scene where the um, Gustavo goes to his house. And, like, kind of searches around. And they find his book. And, like, he's like, oh, I'm writing a manifesto on the on the, on the the Jews called Yuhu Jew. And then the guy's like, oh, bless you, Gesundheit, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah such, or no, it's earlier. He says jokes. something like, yeah. No, no, what it is is when Jojo when Jojo finds the girl that his mom's hiding away, she's like, do you know what I am? And he's like, a Jew. And she's like, Gesundheit. And it's, it's so dumb, but it's funny. <laughs> But it also has some really deep lines. As much as much as it has those funny little one-liners, it has some deep lines. Like when JoJo's talking to the Jewish girl, he's like, "You, you dare turn your back on this country?" And she says, "It turn its back on me first. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a deep line right there. Like, wow. You know, the writing Taika Waititi's such a great writer. That's so meaningful. It's great. Well, isn't that based off a book? Uh, I meant might be, it might be, but you know, probably loosely. I don't really know. I don't think it's. I don't think it's like, like one to one. I think it's loose, very loosely based on it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, that's a Taika Waititi has become one of my favorite directors. You know, I first heard of him with Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, and because of Ragnarok, I wanted to watch Jojo Rabbit. And because I watched Jojo Rabbit, well, before I watched Jojo Rabbit, I watched Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. So that and that's really a great movie, too. too. You've seen it, right? Yeah, it also follows an archetype I mentioned earlier. You know, old man has to raise a kid. <laughs> right, right, right. So full circle, full circle. Yeah. And he's reluctant at first as well. Yeah. Right. Jojo Rabbit's just one of those movies that I recommend to everybody whenever somebody asks me for a movie recommendation it's always jojo rabbit um it's just so good man especially if you're like a like i am it's not really i'm a it's not really a war movie but it is kind of like a historical fiction movie and 
I love historical fiction. And it just it's just so good, man. I wish I could say more about it, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. Yeah, the first thing that I mentioned about the dead silence after the mom's dead, that's that's a heavy scene. And that's probably like that's probably one of the things that I'll remember forever when I think about this movie. And I remember when we were watching that movie, I was just waiting for it. Because I was like, oh, here's a scene, here's a scene, here's a scene. How are they going to react? How are they going to react? And then, like, boom, it happens. And it's just like a... <gasps> and then Yared ruins the mood by saying something. You yell at him to shut up. Dead silence for the rest <laughs> of the movie. Great ending, too. I mean... There's a scene when Jojo and the, the Jewish girl are talking. And he's asking her, you know... What are you going to do if, if you know, after the war's over and you get out of here? And she's like, I'm going to dance. And the movie ends with them dancing together. Kind of like Spider-Man 3. <laughs> it's just a tragic story. <clears throat> Real gut punch. But it, a... That's all I have to say about Jojo Rabbit. Go watch it for yourself. For fantastic film. Definitely. Even though um if you haven't seen it, we kind of just spoiled like really important plot points. Um, <laughs> it's a really good movie. I remember I'm really glad I got to to see that with you guys. It was uh definitely something. You know, even like I said, even though we did say some stuff about it, we you know, said really tragic thing that happens in it. It's if you watch the movie, you still you'll feel that weight. You'll even though you know it's going to happen, maybe that makes it worse is that you know it's going to happen. You know, it's just true. It's absolutely, and it's just a big. And then watch it, watch it with friends also. Cause yeah, it's it's a great watch with friends, especially when that scene when that scene happens. You know, the whole room just feels it, and it just like the energy completely the energy just completely shifts. Um, so before we leave off, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything, any kind of PSA? Anything you want to say? Um, I'm Jared Laguna. <laughs> uh, go watch some movies, Jojo Rabbit especially. Oh, should I give some movie recommendations? I'm gonna do that. Oh yeah, go for it. Some movies that I wrote down that I that I didn't um that we didn't talk about. Um, one movie I'll, you know what, I'll recommend these to you since I'm talking to you. A movie from 2018, like I said, a big year, like we we're talking about. A movie called Searching. Okay. It's about I won't give too much away. It's about it's um it's a really unique movie. It's all told and it's all told through um through a computer camera like a webcam. Oh, and it's yeah, about a man I... who's who's yeah, whose daughter goes missing and he tries to find her. And that movie especially on a second and third watch is very very cool and like you catch things that you missed and especially on a second third watch you'll love it even more and more. All right, searching. So, yeah, searching 2018. Very cool concept. 
uh, and it's told that way because it's like a pretty small budget. So yeah. And another one, last one for me today will be, I think this movie. No, I think this movie came out in twenty nineteen. Um, Parasite, the South Korean movie, directed by Bong Joon Ho. Um, great, 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 uh, thriller slash drama slash. This is another movie that takes like a a weird turn that you probably would not expect at all. So yeah, I recommend that. I'll do one more because I recently saw this movie. I actually saw this movie last week. It's a um, Spanish movie, and it's a it's a time travel movie. It's called Time Crimes. Uh, I watched it on YouTube for free in a really bad English dub. So if you want to watch it that way, go ahead. Or you can rent it or something. But yeah, this is a time travel movie, and it's kind of like a mystery thriller. It's it's a it's a really interesting like indie <clears throat> film, also small budget. Um, yeah, man, I recommend that one since like it's on YouTube. But warning, not great English dub. <laughs> And I don't know if it's still up there or not. I don't. You'll find it. So yeah, that's it. And I um, searching twenty eighteen, Parasite twenty nineteen, and Time Crimes two thousand seven or six, something like that. I don't remember. Definitely yeah. gonna two thousand seven. Look into those. Great movie. Great movie. Great great films. Those are my three recommendations. Uh, let me recommend a couple of films here too. Um, All right, let's do it. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Love that movie. It's a, uh, it's pretty insane. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, but I saw it one night right. when in middle school, my friends and I were really bored on a weekend, on like yeah. Friday night, and we were like, "Let's go watch a movie." And we saw all the movies that were there, and we we're like, "This all looks lame." And then we just watched the trailer for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. He said, screw it. Let's go watch it. And then we all ended up loving it and saying, like, wow, it's such a masterpiece. You know, I can't believe, can't believe we just saw this, like, just out of the blue. Like, we never would have found, uh, found this if we hadn't just found, like, looked for it. Right. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's, a, that's a really good movie as well. So Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is pretty solid. Um, Man, I'm trying to think of stuff that's not like a – comic book movie because that's mainly what i have in my mind right now but so right. there's that one um another good movie to watch is i've been in the mood to watch back to the future a lot recently so i'll recommend that one dude me too <laughs> me too what a probably one of my favorite movie trilogies of all time watch all three of those movies those movies are fantastic they're back a lot of fun one two and three absolutely amazing and then uh just for one that's released this year um go and watch the batman it's a very good in my opinion it's a really good uh movie that just so happens to be about batman for this year um go watch everything everywhere all at once that's all i'm gonna say about that um i've heard it's really good too so um and then it's great my friend jared here says it's really good so it's probably pretty good it's amazing it's probably the best movie this year 
You know, I'd also recommend Bullet Train. It's it's really goofy. It's kind of silly, but I found it to be a really fun movie. So if you want to just have a fun time with your friends, I think Bullet Train um, came out this year. It's a good direction to go. So um, that appears to be the end of this episode. Uh, you sure you don't got anything more to say? No PSA? Nothing to plug? Nothing really, man. Just uh, stay safe, everybody. Enjoy life. Play God of War Ragnarok when that comes out in a few days. Watch Black Panther 2 when that comes out in a few days. Dude, I can't wait. I have it downloaded on my PlayStation already, just waiting to be played. That's all I've got to say today. All right, everybody. Uh, round of applause. Um, that was Jared Lagoon, everybody. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. And remember, folks, if you're looking for trouble, you came to the right place. I'll see you next time. Have a great night, evening, day, twilight, morning, whatever it is. Goodbye. Goodbye.